You know, uh, uh, there's a little portion of Scripture in Joel 3.14. It says this, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. <laughs> and of course, that deals with the prophetic issue, uh, you know. But really, there's, you know, there's a thought there to describe folk that are in the valley of decision, needing to make a decision, needing to choose the right choice, go the right direction. And uh, praise God, we have some help in making decisions. There's a right way and a wrong way to make decisions. You know, the Lord said something to me those years back when I first got this teaching. And that is, He spoke this to my heart. He said to me, I don't mean I heard a voice. I just knew inside me what the Lord was speaking to my heart. Just an inward knowing. Uh, that the Lord was saying this to me. That decisions determine direction. And that direction determines destiny. Now, you could chew on that a little bit, couldn't you? Decisions determine direction. You know, when you make a decision, it puts you on a course, doesn't it? It sets you on a course. And if you stay on that course, you wind up at a certain place. Decisions determine direction. Direction determines destiny. The direction you are on, if you stay on that direction, it'll cause you to wind up in the, de at the destination at the end of that direction. So really decisions are very, very important, aren't they? Whether we make the right decisions or the wrong decisions puts us on the right or wrong course, causes, up, causes us to arrive at the right or wrong destination. Well, in the Proverbs you'll see several times where it says there is a way that seems right to man, but the end is destruction or the, or the way of death. So it's important that we make the right decisions. You know, uh, you're here today physically because of your parents' decisions. And I say, well, no, Brother Keith, I wasn't playing. Yeah, but still, it was their decision to get together, to marry, whatever the case might be, right? They, you know, well, they just, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't decide whether to have children or not. Yeah, but by deciding to have relations, they made a decision. Did you, did you know that deciding not to decide is a decision? Well, I'm just not going to decide on that. Well, you just did. You decided not to decide. And sometimes that procrastination forces a decision. One way or the other. We are making decisions constantly. And those decisions are affecting our life. You know, I look back over my life. And I'm just a young man. But look back over some of the decisions I've made. And the course it put me on. And you, you know, you just look back and think, well, you know, what if I hadn't have made that decision? What if I hadn't have gone that direction? Where would you be? What would you be doing? You know? What if you hadn't made the decision to receive Jesus? What if you hadn't made the decision to receive the Holy Spirit? What if you hadn't made the decision to receive the, the, the message about faith in God as being the key to victory? Receiving the message of letting the Word be your final authority. You know, I remember when we made the decision to come out here to Raymond, go to school. That was a big decision, big decision. And you think, well, what if you hadn't, what if you hadn't made that decision? Decisions, decisions, multitudes in the valley of decision. <laughs> but God has taught us how to make decisions in his word. 
And if we will take his principles and put them into practice, if we'll learn how to look to him and let him help us make decisions, we'll make the right decisions. We'll be placed on the right direction. And we'll wind up and arrive at the correct destination. Amen. We can get in his perfect will. We can stay in his perfect will. We can arrive and have his perfect will for our life. Can you say amen? You know what? First of all, we need to understand that the Lord has promised to guide us. You know, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word, doesn't it? If you're going to have faith for God to guide you, you need to know what he said. And I know, you know, uh, I have uh, two or three pages of scriptures just on guidance and direction. And once in a while, I'll pull them out and refresh myself about what God told me, how that he told me he's going to guide me. Because, see, one of the biggest factors in you being led and directed of God is your faith. You need to have faith that He's leading you, and faith that He's leading you comes from His Word. Did He tell me He's going to lead me? You see? And based on what He told me, I can depend on Him to do what He told me He's going to do. You know, a lot of folk just don't talk right. You know, I've had people any number of times come to me and say, Brother Keith, you know, just... uh, uh, I just, I just can't seem to hear God. I just, I just can't seem to get, you know, uh, direction. I just can't seem to do this. You know, what should I do? And a lot of times I've told people that they looked at me kind of startled, but I've told them, look, well, you need to, you need to quit talking that way. You need to quit saying I can't hear from God. You need to quit saying I can't get direction. I can't get settled. I can't. You need to quit saying that because that's undermining your faith in the Word of God. The Word of God did not say you can't hear from God. That you can't get direction. What did the Word say? You see, we need to remind ourselves. Well, praise God, the Word said things like, My sheep know my voice. We have an unction of the Holy One and we know all things. See, you, you need to talk positively. You need to talk faith when your head's confused and you feel like, I don't know what to do. And your head's going, I don't know. You don't know what to do. And you say, shut up, head. I'm his sheep. I know his voice. I will follow him. Amen? Faith is one of the biggest keys here. Just like in anything else, faith is the key. But let me remind you of some other scriptures. You you don't necessarily have to turn to these and look at them. You can just write the references down. Remind yourself of these things. What the Lord said. Psalm 32, verse 8. Psalm 32, verse 8. The Lord said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. Did you hear what he said? I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way you shall go. I'll guide you with my eye. Did the Lord say that? Can you count on that? Will he do it? Amen. Another time the Lord said this in Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Psalm 37, 23. Psalm 48, 14. 48, 14. It says, for God is our God forever and ever, and he will guide us, he will be our guide, rather, even unto death. In other words, he'll guide us all the way. Amen. Psalm 73, 24. 73, 24. Now, you don't necessarily have to try to write all this down and everything. Mostly, I just want you to hear it. I want your, I want your faith stirred up that God's your guide. Amen. He said, you should, he said, you will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. 
Again, the connotation is I'll guide you all the way to death. Amen. All the way. I like this one in Isaiah 48, 17. Isaiah 48, 17, where it said, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I'm the Lord thy God which teaches you to profit, which leads you by the way you should go. He's revealed Himself to us as our guide and our leader. In Isaiah 58, 11, 58, 11, it said, The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul. Praise God. He'll guide you continually and satisfy your soul. Well, He's told us, He said, I'll lead you, I'll guide you, I'll direct you. Can we count on that? This is just a few of many scriptures along this line that the Lord has told us repeatedly, I will lead you, I will guide you, I will direct you. Amen. Now you understand, when we're talking about the leading and direction of the Lord, you might say, well, Brother Keith, I need to be healed. Yeah, but you know, this has everything to do with being healed. Sometimes people are even in trouble because they've made wrong decisions. You understand? And then making the right decision will help get them back on course. And I'll tell you this much, if you learn how to follow the Spirit, He will lead you out of problems into victory. He'll lead you out of the sickness into health. He'll lead you out of the, the curse into the blessing if you can follow Him. If you learn how to follow Him. So this has everything to do. And I know a lot of times if people have physical problems, they have to make decisions about do I have the surgery? Do I not have the surgery? Do I take the medicine? Do I not? Do I take the treatment? And so decisions come up, don't they? And so you don't need to just uh, flip a coin. You need to hear from God. You understand? So this has everything to do with healing and prosperity and basically anything you want to talk about. So has the Lord told us that He would lead us? Do we have any basis for our faith? See, faith is based on the known will of God. Has God revealed to us that He wants to lead us, He wants to guide us, He will do it? Did He say He would do it? Then let us never doubt, let us never question that or talk against that. Even when it seems like we're not being led, open up your mouth and say, He's leading me. He's guiding me. No matter what it seems like, if it seems like you made the wrong turn the last five times, then open up your mouth and say, He is leading me. He is ordering my steps. He is directing my paths. You know, a lot of times one of the first things I'll say when I wake up in the morning is I pray a prayer. A lot of times I'll thank the Lord, you know, for life and another day and being His and all His blessings. But sometimes one of the first things I'll say while I'm getting ready to come to school or whatever is I'll say, I'll pray and say, Lord, order my steps this day. I pray. Direct my thoughts and the words that I say. Establish my goings that my feet not astray, that I may please you in all things all way. That's just a little thing I say every day, okay? But uh, it's not that I say it by rote. I, it just happened to rhyme, so I say it that way. But uh, <laughs> I didn't hear somebody else say it. I just said it and kept saying it. But uh, I asked the Lord to order my steps, to direct my paths, to you know, direct and order my thoughts, my words, my deeds, etc., and then, you know, it wouldn't do you any good to pray that, though, unless you're going to get in faith about it. So sometimes folk will pray that way, Lord, guide me, and then they check to see if it's happening. And if it looks like they made a wrong, uh, a wrong turn, they go, uh-oh, I'm not being led, uh-oh, oh God, I'm messing up, I'm going the wrong way. And they get in fear, and they're talking doubt, and that's, that's where you go off. That's where you veer off, you see. 
No, you've got to keep saying I'm being led even when it looks like you're not. And it feels like you're not. You understand? And you've got to say, I'll know what to do. When your head says, you don't know, you say, shut up. I'll know. I don't know, sometimes you've got to talk to yourself. What the Bible say? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. See, head, heart. Don't just lean to your head. Follow your heart. Your head will say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Say, shut up. <laughs> You're being led. The Lord's faithful. He's ordering our steps. He's directing our paths. He's guiding us. Amen. And your faith will open the door for the leading of the Spirit in your life. But you get afraid, you get you know, concerned about it and upset about it and start talking doubt and unbelief, then you close the door to the Spirit's leading in your life. You hinder Him from leading you. So one thing you got to do is you got to believe that God is committed to you to lead you and guide you. You've got to believe that what the Word says about you, that you're His sheep, that you hear His voice, that He orders your steps, He directs your paths. You've got to talk like that. I said you've got to talk like that. Don't look back. Look forward. Amen? And believe God. So, you know, like we said, it is, it is also scriptural to ask the Lord to guide you. That's scriptural. In that uh, scripture that we just quoted from Proverbs, you know, it said, In all thy ways acknowledge Him. In everything you do, acknowledge Him. And He'll direct your path. It's, it's, an, it's very appropriate, scriptural, every time you start to do something, to ask the Lord, Lord, lead me, guide me. Or remind yourself, I asked Him this morning, and He is guiding me. You understand? It's scriptural to ask the Lord to guide you. You'll see it many times in the Psalms. I'll just read some of these to you. If you're interested in some of these things, you can do a study on it. You can look some of these things up. You don't have to turn there. But the psalmist said, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. He said, Teach me your way and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. He said, For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Make your way straight before my face, he said in another place. He's asking the Lord, Lead me, guide me, direct me. That's scriptural to do that. That's fine to do that. Ask Him to guide you. But then like we said, if you're going to ask, then what do you got to do? Get in faith about it. Amen. Believe that, that He's going to do for you what you asked. Believe. You know, one aspect of direction is wisdom. And you know, James talked about if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And a lot of times direction has to do with wisdom. God gives you wisdom so you can make a decision intelligently and appropriately. And uh, But he says, if you ask for wisdom, let him ask in faith. Isn't that right? Nothing doubting. So, uh, because if you, if you doubt, if you waver, you won't receive. So you've got to ask in faith. If you're going to ask the Lord to guide you, then it's not going to do you any good to ask him unless you're going to believe that he is. And so you've got to believe that he is when it seems like he's not. If it always seemed like he was and felt like he was guiding you, then it wouldn't require faith. You could go by seems like and feels like. Now I know that faith is evidence of things not seen or not felt. <laughs> right? Not perceived by the senses, we could say. So do you understand what I'm saying? That faith believes it's being led. 
even when it doesn't seem like it. Faith will confess and say, I am being led. The Lord orders my steps. He directs my path. Even when it seems like I've messed up and made the wrong turn the last four times. Faith. Faith in God that He'll do what He told you He would do. Now, as we, as we go on <coughs> talking about these things, let me say something else to you. When it comes to making decisions, you need to first make this decision. When it comes to making decisions, make this decision first. That I am going to make my decisions. What I mean by that is you're not going to try to make somebody else make your decisions for you. Do you know what I mean by that? The first decision you need to make is that I am responsible for my life. I am going to make my own decisions. And when I, when I, when I say that, I mean, of course, you know, being led from the Lord, you're going to follow His way, but you're going to be the one that ascertains it. And you're the one that's going to take responsibility for it. Because so many times when it comes to making decisions, people will try to shift the responsibility and they'll try to get somebody else to make the decision for them because they don't want to make the decision. They don't want to take the responsibility. But what if I make the wrong decision? Well, if you do make the wrong decision, at least it'll be you that did it, not you suffering because of somebody else's decision that they made. You know? I just made up my mind, if you know, if I'm going to miss it, it's going to be because I missed it. Not because you missed it for me, and I followed your decision, you see. I'm, I'm going to make my own decisions, and I'm going to be responsible for my decisions. You know, that's part of growing up, isn't it? But you'll find so many times folk trying to shift the responsibility on other people. You decide. You tell me what to do. You show me what to do. You gotta make up your mind. I'm gonna hear from God for myself. I'm gonna make the decision and I'll take the responsibility for it. Amen. And if I missed it, I missed it. Nobody to blame but me. Sometimes you'll find folk and they say, yeah, but you know, so and so told me to do that and I did it and boy, it messed my life up. Well, that's your fault. Yeah, but Reverend so-and-so told Well, I don't care who it is. Well, but Mama told me to do that, you know. Well, if you're an adult, you know, Mama shouldn't be running your life anymore. Well, Daddy told me to do it. Well, how old are you? You see? There comes a point where you've got to start making your own decisions. Isn't that right? Make your own decisions. Sometimes people, you know, they, they ask everybody they can find and then try to just get a consensus. Well, let's see, how many folks said this? How many folks said that? You know, and let the majority rule. You know, you might as well flip a coin. You might as well just flip a coin. Let's see. Heads we do it, tails we don't. Be just as accurate as going through that other stuff. Make up your mind. I I'm going to hear from God for myself. I'm going to make my own decisions. And I'll take whatever repercussions follow. Be they good or be they bad, I will have made my own decision. Until you learn to do that, you know, the rest of the things I'm going to say to you won't mean much. 
That's why we say this first. The first decision you make is, I will make my decision. Not mama, not daddy, not brother, not sister, not reverend, not this professional or that professional. I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to hear from God for myself. Based on what I feel like the Lord shows me, I'm going to make the decision. And then we'll go with that. Can you say amen? You make the decision. You know, I found some interesting scriptures talking about some of these things, about how to make decisions. You know, the Bible, Jesus told us, you know, uh, in the Bible, that uh, the Spirit of truth would guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit, the one who's inside us. You know, that's not the name of any man or woman. Right? The Spirit of truth is not anybody's name except the Holy Ghost. He's the one who lives inside you. He's going to lead you and guide you, and He's going to show you things to come. You know, uh, I found this over in Micah, and this this has a, a, a central meaning, and then I believe a, a peripheral thing we can get from it too. It said this in Micah 7. It said, Trust not in a friend. Don't put confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of your mouth even from her that lies in your bosom. Therefore I will look unto the Lord... And I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Now he's talking here in Micah 7 about perilous times when you can't trust anybody. And it's hard to talk to anybody anything. And of course that, you know, that wouldn't apply across the board to all of our friends and acquaintances. But you can see something here that there are times and situations where you just, you know, you don't need to try to talk to anybody else about it. You need to hear from God. You need to focus in. You need to hear from God. You know, Jesus used this too. He talked about the blind leading the blind. Isn't that right? And he said, if the blind lead the blind, they'll wind up at the right place. No, no. They'll all fall in the ditch. <laughs> Is that right? You can read that over in Matthew 15, 14, long in there. 15th chapter, 14th verse. The blind lead the blind. Some people, you know, they uh, there's nothing wrong with their eyes. But they walk up to somebody and close their eyes and go, you show me what to do. You lead me. And if they don't open their eyes, they see this guy's got their eyes closed. <laughs> and so they're letting somebody lead them and all this confidence in them. And if they look, this person's got their eyes closed. Don't know where they're going. They're leading you somewhere, but they don't know where they're self. You know, if anybody's got something good to say to us, they got it from the Holy Ghost. Is that right? And the thing is, we don't have to go through somebody else to hear from the Holy Ghost. He lives inside of us. We can hear from Him directly. Amen. And if we get something from somebody else, there's always that possibility that they've mixed in some of their own thinking and opinion with it. Isn't that right? I've seen people give counsel and give, you know, advice and direction, what have you, and part of it was good and godly, and part of it was just them. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks have a difficult time discerning which is which. And you've got to be careful about being led by prophecies. Being led by tongues and interpretations. You know? Try, you know, a lot of folk are too mystical. Too superstitious. You know what I mean by that? Boy, they're, they're too, you know, they try to be led by, by mysticism Sensational things, you know. Well, brother, I had a I had a dream and I saw three dogs bark at the same time. 
three nights in a row. That must mean I'm supposed to do it, you know. <laughs> three red cars passed by my house at the same time every morning. And that must be a sign. See, people get superstitious in trying to be led. They, and they put out fleeces. Somebody said, well, Gideon put out a fleece. Yeah, and Gideon wasn't even born again. Didn't have the Holy Ghost dwelling in him like New Testament Christians. I mean, the, yeah, he, you couldn't tell Gideon, well, well brother, just be led. Because he didn't have the Holy Ghost in him. You know? He didn't know who and what was dealing with him. So he put out a fleece and said, you know, if this is you, God, then let the, let the ground be wet and the fleece dry. And then he reversed it, you know. And so he's put external things, what he's, he's using to make his decision. We are not to do that nowadays. We are not to be led by external things. You've got to be careful about being led by external things. Putting out fleeces of different kinds. Well, brother, you know, Lord, if you want me to do this, then let brother so-and-so come by and say this or that to me. You don't have a right to pray that way. You understand? You can get in trouble. Well, brother, you know, Lord, if, if you want me to do this, then let this happen or let that happen. Well, see, you're, you're praying that external things will happen so that you'll be led by external things. You're not supposed to be led externally. You need to understand that the enemy is in this world. The enemy can influence people. The enemy can influence situation and things. We, under the New Testament, we are not to be led externally. We are to be led internally. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. See, that's internal. 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 So make up your mind right now that you are going to make your own decisions. You're going to hear from God. You're not going to be led externally. You're going to be led inside. By the inside of you. By what the Spirit of God gives you. Not what some what somebody thinks that God's given them for you. But what God gives you for you. Okay? Because it's your life. It's not their life. It's your life. You know? Uh... I've, you know, working in healing school for some years now, we encounter this situation quite a, quite a lot. You know, people say, well, you know, should I have this surgery or should I not? Should I take this treatment or this medication or should I not? And I see, nobody needs to make that decision but the person whose body it is. No preacher, not a friend, not a brother or sister in the Lord. And see, sometimes people are trying to make somebody else make that decision for me. Uh, no, that's not right. It's your body. You know where your heart's at. You know where your faith's at. You know what you have confidence. You make the decision. But see, a lot of times folk are wanting somebody else to take that responsibility. And one reason sometimes people want folk to do that is because if it doesn't turn out right, I can blame it on them. It's not really my fault. Well, yes, it is your fault. If you follow somebody else's direction, that was your decision. Your decision to do what they said, it's your fault. If you let somebody mislead you or misguide you, it's completely your fault, completely your responsibility, because you should have prayed and heard from God. You could have, you should have. It's your decision, your responsibility. So decision number one is make your own decision. Have you made that decision yet? <laughs> you make your own decision. When I say that, I mean hearing from the Lord, obeying what you feel like God's put in your heart. You decide that. Uh, now, 
The Bible tells us, like we've already seen and read here, that the Spirit of God leads the sons of God. Of course, sons means male and female, the people of God. And it helps us to note how he does it. We've already read from Romans 8, 14, and 16, and these are very tremendous verses of Scripture. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. Are you still there in Romans 8? Notice there in that 16th verse, look at it. The Spirit itself, or like we said that really, a better rendering of that would be Himself. The Spirit Himself, verse 16, Romans 8, the Spirit Himself bears witness with what? Our spirit. Now, the uh, in, in Proverbs 20, 27, it also says this. You don't have to turn there, but Proverbs 20, 27, it says the spirit of man, the spirit of man, is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now, you know, candle was what they used to light their homes and everything with. Today, we use light bulbs. We'd probably say it like this. The Spirit is the light bulb. The Spirit is what is what enlightens. Now, uh, we could say it like this. That God is going to enlighten you through your own Spirit. This is one of the greatest truths that I ever got a hold of in learning how to be led by the Spirit. I read Brother Hagin's book, you know, How to Be Led by the Spirit, and read some of his material, listened to some of his material along this line, and, and begin to get a hold of the concept that the Spirit of God is going to lead me through my own recreated human spirit. You see, you are a spirit being. I am a spirit being. And the Holy Spirit lives and dwells in us, in our spirit. Well, if He's there in our spirit, then our spirit could pick up things from Him. Isn't that right? And God's going to lead you through your own spirit. Now sometimes both the Bible and, and, and when we're talking about these things, we use the, the terms heart and spirit somewhat interchangeably. And that's acceptable to do so. Heart oftentimes just refers to the inward man, the core of a, of a person. And, uh, of course, the spirit of man is the, is the inward part. And God's going to lead you through your spirit or through your heart, through the inside of you. That eternal part of your being, you know, the spirit man. That's how God's going to lead you and guide you, is through that part. Now, see, not through your physical part, not through your mental or intellectual part, but through the spirit part. Do you see why I said we're not to be led externally? See, so many times people try to be led through the physical man. Well, I just have a feeling. I have a vibration. I just felt a warmth. Or I felt a this or a that. No, no. Be careful about this vibration stuff and these feeling things. Understand? Don't try to be led by any vibration or any, phys any physical sensation. And also... The Lord doesn't lead us through our intellect. 
or through our reasoning processes. Now, we'll use our mind in making decisions, don't misunderstand me, but we're not to depend on our own understanding. We're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Isn't that what the Scripture says? Obviously, there's a difference between the heart and the understanding. Because he said, trust in the Lord with the heart. Don't lean to the other, the understanding. God's not going to lead you just through your intellect, through your understanding. He's going to lead you through your heart. So you have to be careful about trying to be led through the physical man, trying to be led through the mental, the intellectual part of man. We are not to be led by either of those. We're to be led by the Spirit. God is going to lead us through our own spirit, through our own heart. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. See, God's going to use your spirit to enlighten you. Your own spirit. The spirit of God bears witness with what? Our body? No. Our head? No. Our spirit. He bears witness with your spirit. He lets your spirit know that you're a child of God. Well, if he can let your spirit know you're a child of God, he could let your spirit know other things too, couldn't he? Couldn't he? You know, if we asked you whether you're saved or not, could you tell us yes affirmatively? Well, how do you know you're saved, you know? Sometimes people say, well, I just know that I know. Well, that really is more scriptural than what you might think. I just, I just know in here. I know I'm saved. I just know that I know. What are they, what are they saying? The Spirit of God bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. I have an inward knowing, an inward conviction. Well, the Spirit of God is communicating to them that they are born again. They are a child of God. He's, he's bearing witness to that fact. He's communing with them about that. Well, if he could communicate with you about that, he could communicate with you about something else. Isn't that right? Yeah. About all the affairs of life. Yeah. Sometimes people get upset when somebody says, well, the Lord told me this, or the Lord directed me this, or, and sometimes that upsets people because they say, well, you know, they're talking like they actually personally heard from God. <laughs> well, you know, Christians are supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. The Bible said as many as are led by the Spirit of God they're the sons of God. Sons of God aren't to be led by the Spirit of God. If you're not being led by the Lord, who and what are you being led by? It's not these people that hear from God I'm concerned about. It's the folks that don't ever hear from God that you're concerned about. And yet I know why people have some of the concern. It's because of some of the terminology that people use. When they say, the Lord told me such and such, they think, well, they must have heard a voice. And God told them this or that. When so many times people are just using perhaps the wrong terminology, what they mean is they had an inward witness about something. And they just knew intuitively what God was saying to them. And yet they use language that to the, to the untrained person in these areas implies some spectacular sensational phenomenon. When we say the Lord led us to do this or the Lord spoke to our heart this or that, you know, in most of the cases you're not talking about you heard a voice or you felt something or you had a vision or, or anything like that. You have an inward witness. The Spirit of God is bearing witness to your spirit, letting you know something intuitively, we might say. Now, if the Lord leads us through our heart, through our own spirit, and He does, 
then the condition of your heart is going to greatly affect the ease with which the Spirit can lead you through it. Did you get that? How many believe that the Spirit of man is, is what God use, uses to guide us? He, he's going to guide us through our own spirit. But do you understand that your, your heart can be in, different, in many different conditions? And depending on what condition your heart is in, it's going to make it easier or more difficult for the Spirit of God to lead you through your heart. And so sometimes people need to get their heart in somewhat of a different condition in order to, uh, for the Spirit of God to be able to lead them. Because He's trying to lead them. He's trying to guide them. You know, I'm convinced. I'm just absolutely convinced. You couldn't make me believe otherwise. I'm convinced that no Christian ever makes a wrong turn, makes a wrong decision, goes into a destruction or an accident or a problem, I'm convinced nothing like that ever happens in the life of a Christian but what the Spirit of God doesn't try to warn them, try to show them what to do, try to turn them away from it. But many times people's hearts not in the condition to hear or hear plain enough to, to pay attention to it. You know, uh, oftentimes people pay a great price for being dull spiritually. Greater price than they even know. I'm convinced, you know, that the Spirit of God's not just going to sit by and let folk go right into a situation where they're going to be destroyed without trying to get their attention. Trying to lead them, trying to warn them. Somebody say, well, he's God, can't he do it? Well, no, that's just not the way he does things. He's going to communicate with you from the inside where he is. And if you're not even conscious and paying attention to the inside of you, then you're not paying attention to him. So there's a lot of folks that don't even know their spirit being. Much less pay attention to their heart. And so if the Spirit of God's inside you, in your spirit, and you don't ever pay any attention to your own heart, then you're not going to pick up what He's saying. If you're so, if you're so, you know, uh, involved with your mental and with your physical part of your being that you don't pay any attention to your heart, then it's going to be difficult for the Spirit of God to communicate to you. Because he doesn't communicate to you, per se, through your body or through your head. He communicates to you through your own heart. And I, I just, I'm just convinced that every time before a Christian makes a wrong move, makes a wrong decision, goes into a situation where they're going to be hurt or something bad's going to happen, the Spirit of God is very much trying to warn them, lead them, let them know. So much so that many times people that are not even, you know... Uh, not even very spiritual in some ways. So many times when something bad happened, they go, you know, man, I had something in me before I went that way. I just had a, I don't know what it was, but I felt bad about doing that for days before I did it. Well, so why didn't they pay attention to that? Well-known Christian ministers died in a plane crash, died in a car wreck, died in, and, and people are upset and confused. Why did this happen? Why did the Lord let this happen? And so case after case after case, I've heard relatives of that individual. Children and wife and spouse and different ones say, you know, they, they just had a bad feeling about that trip, even weeks and months before. They said, you know, I don't want to, I don't know if I ought to go on this and had a check and, but see, they overrode it, pushed it down, didn't pay attention to it. Well, it wasn't the Lord's fault that that happened. They didn't listen to Him, didn't pay attention to it. 
And see, sometimes, and this is something you need to pay attention to here. You know, sometimes people will get something like that. They'll get a check or a warning about something like that. And some charismatics bless their hearts. They'll say, well, yeah, but I'm just going to claim protection. Well, no, if the Lord's warning you about something, you don't just claim protection and go on anyway. You can't believe for protection when you're overriding the direction of the Holy Ghost. Your faith for protection is going to work in line with the leading of the Spirit of God. Do you understand that? See, that, that's where folk get in trouble so many times. Is the Lord led them. He checked them about a certain thing, but they'd say, well, I just claimed the 91st Psalm and went on and ignored it, and then bam, things happened. Well, I don't understand. I'm a faith man. Well, you can't separate exercising faith from being led by the Spirit. The two go hand in hand. And if the Spirit of God's leading you one way and you go another way, then your faith confessions are not going to work. Whether you understand all that or not, don't throw it away. Think about it. Consider it. You know, if the Lord's leading you not to go a certain way, then don't just make confessions that everything's going to be alright and just plunge on into it. You better take heed to it. Follow the leading of the Spirit. I said to you that the condition of your heart is going to make all the difference into how easy or difficult it is for the Spirit of God to lead you. Why do some folk... Why is it so hard for the, the Spirit of God to get things across to some people? To warn them, to instruct them because of the condition of their heart. Now let me speak to you about a couple of conditions. Our time's getting away from us. I may mention just one to you today and then we'll talk about maybe some more later. But let's talk to you, let's talk about the, the conditions of heart that people can have. And of course there are many conditions of heart. We could spend a lot of time on this. But just a few that can be uh, that we can make some changes in to make it easier for the Holy Ghost to lead us. One condition of heart that's highly desirable for the, to make it easy for the Holy Ghost to lead you is to have a clear heart. A clear heart. Now I don't know if you know what I mean by that but I think you will as I, as I go on. A clear heart. Uh, let me read some of these scriptures to you, and then uh, I'll come in on this. First Corinthians 14 says this. It says, There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. How many know there's a lot of voices in the world? And if you've got 20 or 30 different voices reverberating in your heart and mind, your heart's not clear. Your heart's cluttered. Did you know your heart can be cluttered just like a closet can be cluttered? Did you know that? I don't know if you did or not, but it's true. You ever known somebody that had a cluttered closet or garage? <laughs> somebody close by? You know, or maybe you got this closet, you know, and uh, you go you you go over to open the door, and they go, uh, 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 don't don't open that door. Why? Well, just don't open that door, because if they do, there an avalanche of things is going to come out of there. They're liable to be covered, you see. Or you know, people have a drawer, 
and they just throw stuff in there and after several months or years, they don't know what's in there, you know. And it's just where you can't open it anymore. Or garage like that, you know. I know I know several folks, you know, they can't park their cars in the garage because they got so much junk in there, you see. And I tell you, they don't know what's in there. I've seen guys working on projects and stuff and they had tools everywhere and they needed a tool for a certain thing. And they said, well, I got one of those over here in, in, in this room. And they went over there in the room and boy, I mean, they about got knocked down when they opened the door and they turned on the light and looked in there and they finally thought, oh man, it'll take a half a day to find the thing in here. We'll just go to the store and buy a new one, you know. I've seen folk do that. Because it was so cluttered, you couldn't find the thing they were looking for. I said it's so cluttered that they couldn't find the thing they were looking for. You know, a heart at the inside of a person can be so cluttered that sometimes when they're trying to see and locate something, it's, it's hard to find it because there's so much other clutter, there's so much static. And a condition of heart that's very desirable for the Spirit of God to communicate to somebody is a clear heart. A heart that's clear. Freed from that clutter. Freed from that static. Listen to some other uh, uh, portion of Scripture. Uh, the Bible says there are many devices in a man's heart. Our one translation says there's many thoughts in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. That's Proverbs 19.21. Proverbs 19.21 You see, there can be a lot of things going on inside you, but there's just one thing you need to get. What the Lord is saying. What the Lord is communicating to you. And that's sometimes why you don't do yourself a favor when you go to everybody and their brother and ask them what they think. Because you can just get more voices bouncing off the walls. <laughs> more voices. More thoughts, more concepts, more perceptions, more perspectives. You know, sometimes people will quote this scripture, and I really think, pull it out of its context and try to apply it in a way that they shouldn't. They say, well, you know, in Proverbs it says, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Well, really, you know, the, 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 the immediate context of that is he's talking about a king getting ready for war and taking advantage of his staff's input before he makes the decision to go to war. And going to war is a real heavy decision that involves the whole nation, not just him. But I think sometimes people will pull something like that and they, they use that as an excuse to run and go ask everybody what they think instead of praying and seeking God about it. That's not good. As many as are led by what? By who? By the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. You know, one way that a heart and an inner, inner part of a person can get cluttered is by procrastination. And, and something that goes along with that is disobedience. Procrastination and disobedience. I mean, just the same thing as in the natural. I mean, how come that closet keeps getting cluttered up? Procrastination. You know, well, we'll get, we're going to take care of it later. Throw some more stuff in there. Shut the door. And you think about it, maybe have some extra time and think about, you know, clean that, well, we need to clean that closet up, you know. And, uh, well, we'll do it later. 
Then get busy, throw some more stuff in there. Well, when are we going to do it? Oh, we're going to do it sometime. Well, you could do it right now. Well, yeah, but we'll do it later. Procrastination. And a lot of times procrastination can become disobedience. Isn't that right? You know you need to do it, but you just don't want to do it. So you don't do it. You know? And that can happen with the inside of a person. You can look, I mean, you can, you can look down inside if you could see. And I mean, it's just like a closet or a garage. Stuff piled up. Things over in this corner and things over in this corner. Things that you felt like in your heart you should do and you never got around to doing. Something God dealt with you about and you started on, but then you put it back on the shelf. Here's a project from 72 and a project from 85 and Here's some things you thought you needed to get settled on a long time back, but you never did get settled on that, and you just put it off and put it off, and you got all these different things inside. It's all jumbled up. And now, see, God's trying to talk to you, and you're trying to see from all that other stuff, well, what's God saying about this? But there's such a mess in there, it's hard to see. <laughs> Have you ever, though, went ahead and just uh, made yourself do it? Clean the thing up? Have you ever done that? I trust that you have. <laughs> ever just made yourself go in there and say, Alright, alright, enough's enough. Get out the spick and span. Get out the dust mop. Get out, get out the garbage can. We're going to clean this thing up. And you got in there and you pulled everything out and threw away the junk and cleaned up the good and organized it and put it in its proper place and put this on the right shelf and stacked this and put all these together and put them in the right drawer and everything. And when you got through, made you feel good, didn't you? Feel good. Then the next time, you know, somebody says, we need one of these, and you think, ah, no problem, no problem. You walk right in there, open the door, turn on the light, go to the third shelf on the right, there it is, polished and all ready to go. Or whatever the case might be. You know right where it's at. You put your hand on it immediately. You're ready to go. Because it's clear. It's clean. Isn't that right? Organized. Well, see, that's the way your heart can be. Procrastination and disobedience when it comes to the things of God will cause you to become dull spiritually. And it will cause your spirit to become confused about what's God and what's not. And so, a cluttered heart can be a heart that it's difficult for the Spirit of God to get a clear direction to you through. Because He's going to lead you and guide you through your own heart. It's kind of like the Holy Ghost is trying to get to your house, but as He comes through the breezeway, <laughs> not the breezeway, the entryway, I should say, trying to get to the living room where you are, Stuff's cluttered up all over and he can't, he can hardly get through, you know? He's trying to push through this and push through that. He's talking to you through the stuff and you're thinking, Holy Ghost, are you over there somewhere? Yes, he's there. He's trying to communicate with you. But it's difficult because all this stuff in the middle. Procrastination. Disobedience. We were going to do this and we were going to do that and we put this off and we ignored this. We never got this settled. Never got that settled. Never got this other settled. Never got this other finished. 
Never got this other completed. And all those things can accumulate. You know. When, when you can do things and you can take care of them and you can get them out of the way, do it. Don't put it off. Do it so that you keep your heart clear. You know, I always like to, I didn't say I always did it, but I always like to, before I go out for a meeting or something, you know, I like to take care of everything I can in my office to get it off my mind, get it out of the way, get it done, so that when I go to have a meeting, I can just focus completely on what God's saying to me for that meeting. Because if you're not careful, you can have things in the back of your mind. You see, you need to do this. You need to call so-and-so. You need to take care of this. You need to get this done. You need to turn this in. Take care of this. And sometimes you can't take care of things at once. But I, I'm talking. I'm not talking about things that's really, you know, kind of present situation. I'm talking about things that you just keep putting off. Just keep putting off. Just keep procrastinating. You should have done them a long time ago. But you just keep putting them off. Those kind of things will accumulate. And they'll cause your heart and soul and inner man to be cluttered. And that can make it more difficult for the Spirit of God to talk to you. Get things across to you. Can you see that? You know, the uh, the Bible said, uh, in two verses you can see this here. One of them in Ecclesiastes 8.5. Ecclesiastes 8.5 it says, Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. Do you see the keeping of the word connected with discernment of heart? And listen to what 1 Peter 1.22 says. 1 Peter 1.22, he says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Did you hear that phrase? Purify means to purge or to cleanse, to clean up. Sometimes soul is used in referring to the whole inward man. But he said that you've purified your souls by doing what? Obeying the truth. See, obeying what you have in your heart can clean up and purify your soul and get all the unnecessary debris and clutter out of the way. So that you can get your heart real clear so that when God speaks to you, then that's the only thing that, that's on the table that hadn't been taken care of, you see, and it's real easy to discern what's what. A clear heart. A clear heart. Now, I, I want to take just a moment now and deal with one more thing and then we'll close. I said to you that a clear heart is very desirable for the Holy Ghost to speak to you, make it easy for Him to speak to you, easy for you to get what He's saying. Another element of heart, condition of heart that's very desirable is to have a humble heart. A humble heart. The Bible said, you know, in Psalm 25, 9, Psalm 25, 9, it said, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Do you notice a connection between meekness and being instructed and taught and led? A humble heart is a heart that's easy for the Spirit of God to communicate with. A haughty heart, a proud heart, is a hardened heart. And it's not easy for the Spirit of God to communicate and lead through a heart like that. Another, another verse in Psalm 32 
It says this, you don't necessarily have to turn there. But in Psalm 32, he said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you shall go. I will guide you with my eye. But the very next verse, he said, Be not as the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Or as one translation says, or they won't come to you unless you put a bit in their mouth and lead them. Which I believe is a good rendering. In other words, he said, don't be brutish, don't be like a beast. You have to lasso them and bring them to you, put a bit and a bridle on them, halter to get them to you. But be led and be instructed. How many know that a, a horse or whatever can be stubborn? Have you ever dealt with a horse or mule or cow or anything like that? You put a, you know, you try to get them to come to you, a lot of times they'll pull away. Isn't that right? They'll pull back. Well, that's resistance. Why are they pulling back? Because they want their way. They want to do what they want to do. They want to go the way they want to go. That's what he's talking about here. And I tell you, it can be real difficult for you to ascertain the will of God until you've laid your will on the altar. You understand that? Sometimes it's really not so, so hard to find out what God's will is. The thing is, many times God's will is staring us in the face, but folk don't want that to be it. And so with your will rising up strong in the situation and being, you know, haughty about my way, I, this is what I want, this is what I want, it can make it difficult for you to see what He wants. You have to lay your will on the altar to clearly see His will for you. And that's all part of having a humble heart. A heart that's humble, a heart that's submissive to His will, a heart that's teachable. Humility of heart is an absolute necessity if you're going to worship God, if you're going to communicate with God, if you're going to hear from God. The Bible said God gives grace to the humble, but He resists the proud. The Bible said that the, the Lord knows the proud afar off. A proud person can only have a distant fellowship and relationship with the Lord. And the more you can humble your heart, the closer you can get to the Lord. The closer you can fellowship with Him, the clearer His direction and communication can be to you. But it requires a humble heart. It said the meek He will guide. The meek He will instruct. He'll instruct you and teach you. Don't be like the mule and the horse. Don't be stubborn. Like, you know, that the Lord just has to pull and pull. So come on, come on. Go my way. No, come before Him. And like Jesus, you know, you may say, well, Lord, this is what I want. But then say, not my will, but Thy will be done. Now, you know, now I'm not talking about things like healing. You know it's God's will for you to be healed. Bible plainly says that. You know it's God's will for you to be saved, be filled with the Spirit, be victorious. But there's some specific things about where you go, what you do, what you're involved with. And a lot of times you have to just lay your will on the altar and say, well, not my will, but yours be done. I'll do what you want me to do. And you know, you can say that and not really be willing. Do you know that? You can say that and not really be willing. I know, and I'm not, I'm trying to close here, I'm not going to keep you much longer, but a few years back, there was a particular thing in my life that I kept talking to the Lord about, trying to get some direction on. Lord, you know, what about this? What about this certain thing? And I just couldn't seem to, to get any direction on it. 
And I mean months past. Now I must have prayed off and on about that thing many times. I remember distinctly, I was sitting in my living room one day, sitting in my chair. I got one of those big chairs, you know, that you prop your feet up on. <laughs> Sit there and meditate, you know. Praise the Lord. And I was just sitting in my chair by myself, thinking about some of these things. And all at once, this other thing. Now, to me, it was not even related. But this other thing that the, had come up a few times, and I wondered maybe if the Lord wanted me to do this thing or not. Finally, it just come up again. I said, well, all right, Lord. Lord, if you want me to do that, I'll do it. It wasn't something I particularly thought I wanted to do. But Lord, if you want me to do that, fine, I'll do it. Fine, okay, fine, fine, we'll do it. If you want me to do it, we'll do it. And just like that, he, he said, he spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice, but he spoke to my heart. And he said, all right, you're going to do that. Now I'm going to talk to you about this. And this thing that I'd been praying about for months, he started talking to me about. And I could see that my hesitancy, and really there was some unwillingness there, you see. I was kind of dragging my feet on this thing about being willing to go this way that that had hindered me from hearing the Lord on this thing which really was connected, but I couldn't see it until then. See, a humble heart, a willing heart, a meek heart is the kind of heart that the Spirit of God can communicate to you through. Unwillingness, pride, these things will make it hard, will cause a condition of heart that's difficult for the Spirit of God to get through to you. A humble heart, willing heart, meek heart, teachable heart. Lord, we'll do it your way. I'll change. Whatever you want. And see, so you can say that and not really mean it. But when you really mean it in your heart, then that's an open heart, open-hearted condition for the Spirit of God to communicate to you through. And we'll talk about some, some more of these things tomorrow, Lord willing. He leads me another way, I'll go that way, whatever. But unless the Lord leads us differently, we'll look that way. But can you see that the Spirit of God is going to lead you through your heart? Your own heart, your own spirit. And that the condition of your spirit makes a lot of difference into how easy it is for the Spirit of God to communicate to you and therefore how easy it is for you to hear from Him and get clear direction. And two conditions of heart that make it easy for the Spirit of God to communicate to you is the condition of a clear heart, clear heart and a clear conscience, and a humble heart, a willing heart. These conditions of heart will make it easier and make it easy for the Spirit of God to communicate to you and easy for you to hear from Him. Can you say Amen? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.